Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winning Sometimes show. This is a podcast where Matt Emiliano and I talk about video games, tech, and whatever the heck we're passionate about. How are you guys doing today? Doing, uh, doing pretty well. Uh, a little bit of deja vu going on today, but other than that, uh, I feel uh, I feel pretty good about things. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I had my yeah, mic it's... muted the first take. I'm so sad. Sorry, right. you know, it's, it's not bad. Um, again, I'm fine. Um, I've been running a lot, so I've been a little sore. But other than that, top notch. How are your running shoes? Uh, okay. I think I need to get them replaced, though. What what running shoes would you recommend? Actually, I, I meant to. Uh, ask it that. depends. I mean, New Balance have always been a pretty pretty stiff. You you said you've mentioned that you use New Balance before, but um, yeah, 1080s. I got the 1080s. Yeah. Um, with the inserts. Um, I used Asics for the longest time. Uh, the thing about them is that they they provide more cushioning, uh, but their support dies, like their support breaks down, and it's really important for running shoes to have good support. Like, I think for good running shoes, um, they last about 500 miles. I ran, I ran in high school and college, so um, I have many 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 miles under my belt um have not run as much i guess i i ran a bit in my 20s but um i did a half marathon that was fun but nice. i have completely let it go since I, I need to get back into that but um asics are probably the most general recommendation um there's one one brand that i'm forgetting that i have right now and I, kona what's that Kona? No. I've never heard of that. They're um they're relatively niche. Um th- that's that's the what I transitioned. So for those of you who don't know, uh Crack and I both were uh competitive runners for uh, a long time and so yes, I have a lot of I've gone through a lot of shoes in my life as well. Um but for both Ronin, uh Emiliano and anyone who's listening, my recommendation on shoe stuff um, cause we're talking about different brands and support and cushioning and all that sort of stuff. Go to like an actual local running store and like tell them, it's like, Hey, this is the kind of running I do. I do trail running. I do road running. I do track, whatever. And actually, you know, don't go to like a big box store. Like, and again, I don't want to call companies out or anything like that, but like a foot locker or anything like that. Go to an actual, like you probably have, if you live in a town that's very big at all, a running store in it and let them know what you're trying to do. And a lot of times they'll have um, people like me or Clint who used to run and are, you know, understand a lot of it. And they'll be like, here, put these shoes on and like run up and down the store and they'll watch you run and kind of figure out, you know, okay, you pronate, you, uh, um, you know, you're a toe striker, you're a mid striker, things like that. And they'll help you. That's probably if, if you're new to shoeing, Running, shoeing, yeah. uh, shop. The running. I have no idea what I'm saying, but you get the point. Wait, wait, wait. No, yeah. No. What's 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 pronate? So it's by the it's way. how your foot, as you hit your heel, you you land on your heel and you roll off your, you know, the the bottom of your sole, uh, of your foot. It's hmm. what side do you put all your weight on? Like, do you put it on the outside, like the 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 outsides of your foot, or do you kind of like run across the the middle you know are you flat-footed do you have a a good roll as you you know your foot lands and and you push off on it 
you know, as as you run. It's um, the uh, the yaw of the foot. Yeah, to bring a more technical term. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really important for running to get good shoes because you 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 risk getting injured if you don't have support. You will hurt your knees, your um, the your bridge of your foot, and your your hips. Like it's just it's gonna happen. Um, so really important. Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome that you're running though. I am not. <laughs> oh, uh, Brooks. Thanks Brooks, for joining let's... us on the Running Sometimes Show. Yeah, welcome to Running Cast. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, but yeah, uh, Brooks be- are my favorite. Before we. Before we get started, I kind of wanted to ask you guys about Beyond Light, since that just came out, oh, yeah. and I've been playing that. So what do you guys think about it? What are your thoughts, opinions? So I'll get, I'll get started, because I, I have not played Destiny at all. I have sort of a shotgun opinion. Um, I haven't played Destiny at all this year, so I, I think I played in January. But uh, when Beyond Light came out, it was really nice to get back into Destiny. Uh, and, it, you know, good FPS, good like way better net code i have a buddy who has terrible internet like terrible it's like 10 megs and one you, meg you can up. use my name it's okay oh <laughs> <laughs> you work for an isp <laughs> you should have good internet anyway um yeah so he he struggles whenever we play like call of duty warzone or something like it, it just is bad and he's jumping all around the map but destiny has good good net code and he's just pretty solid he doesn't have as nearly as much issues but uh yeah, it was it was fun. I don't like Beyond Light's really good. I like it. Uh, the main campaign sucks. It it's like a copy of Forsaken, feels like at times. But yeah. everything that happens after the campaign missions, because they have lots and lots of content, so like hundred percent double thumbs up on how much content there is, what you get for Beyond Light, and all the story stuff that happens post game or post campaign, like. It's it's a dream. Like the golden age stuff comes back. They bring they bring back the exo stranger. The exo stranger isn't boring. It isn't like hamstrung or like Marvel eyesed. You know, <laughs> like it solid story, solid new things. Like I I'm really enjoying that. Um, PvP is kind of fun. Although I am a warlock, and if you play Destiny, um, yeah. F to pay respects. Warlocks are the best. So, Clint, what happened to Warlocks? No. <laughs> um, so, with Beyond Light, they added stasis element, which is like a, a freezy element. And uh, to start, it's really OP, like for everyone. Um, if you... You have... Everyone has abilities to freeze enemies and that that is included in pvp in crucible um and the freeze when it started the freeze was like five seconds so imagine you're playing an fps and you're like trying to shoot someone and then suddenly you can't move for five seconds that's like like completely overpowered uh well warlocks had the best ability to freeze people the quickest um because they're basically gandalf freezy people <laughs> so they just use their staff and they <laughs> shoot Gandalf. ice Gandalf, yeah <laughs> and they shoot you and uh yeah five seconds and it's like you could freeze someone with the warlock from not not pressing any buttons to they're frozen uh in like under a second and everyone else i think you have to like 
throw a grenade and then wait for the grenade to blow up and it's like three four seconds so that matters in an fps but um yeah warlocks got nerfed immediately it was like less than a week uh it was, it like was three exactly days. a week don't exaggerate what well well to be to be fair was people it? were posting videos of warlocks decimating bosses in like seconds like in pve Oh with really? These abilities too. Well, they had yeah, yeah. There was a there was a couple bugs. Like there was a boss damage bug where you freeze Oof. it and it would do fifty thousand damage. Uh, and the the super the ultimate ability for warlocks was you get to be ice Gandalf permanently. You can shoot as many ice bolts as you can within like thirty seconds. So if you freeze them, then you have uh, you shall not pass, where he like throws up his staff and it like sends out this blast. And when the blast hits the frozen enemy, they shatter. So bosses would like get frozen, and then the, the ice would shatter off of them and do fifty thousand damage, um, which is I- incredible damage. Like your your regular gun does like fifteen hundred damage per shot. So you're saving so much time on that boss. Um, but that was a bug. Like fix the bug. <laughs> they 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 nerfed the the range of the the ice freezy bolt like just the the regular ability um where it was a little op before you could shoot across a little well okay 30 meters if a map is like 300 meters 30 meters isn't that much but what, people what weren't map ex- is 300 meters um well With not an actual n- line of sight oh no none of them have line of sight that long but um what's the one not not Twilight Gap. What's the one in the tower? Bannerfall. Yeah, Bannerfall has a few longer sight lines. Um, anyway, my my point is, yes, it was way longer than people would have expected any ability to that strong to to go. Um, except a super, and uh, yeah, it needed to be nerfed. But now we can't even fire across the room. Like it just. I will often melee someone to send out the ice bolts and it will just like putter out right before it hits them or like, you know, way before it hits them. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's too far. Um, it, it changed it for PV. They nerfed it for PVP, PVE too. So like yeah. they're seriously crippled. Um, although like in PVE it doesn't matter as much cause you have all of these chaining abilities. So I don't know. Well, it does, I think. Like like now now I I I try to get close before I use it. Mm-hmm. But we'll, th- we'll end up actually punching instead of using that ice bolt and that annoys the hell out of me now. So. Yeah. Right. Anyway. It's yeah, it's hard because if if you're really close to an enemy and you try to use the melee, you'll like just hit them. You'll slap them. The warlock slap. It's a nice uh, slap. But then like if you're too far, then you won't actually hit them because the ice bolt will disintegrate so it's like really hard to judge okay when can i use it um so i don't think they i don't think they play tested the, the nerf at all um which is just well i mean lovely. they they nerfed it within a week so yeah i'm, I'm yeah. guessing not <laughs> yeah anyway that's but. what happened in beyond light with warlocks but how did you like beyond light no face well actually i i kind of want to hear ronin's uh, take on one here, Emiliano, because I feel like I might be the dissenter here. Oh, well, um, I 
overall like it. Um, I took a big break from Destiny because I was getting tired of like the same grind and the grind hasn't really been changed I feel like you know you still have to do the same things you've been doing for the past from D1 pretty much to level and uh, the leveling is only meaningful once you hit the hard cap so that system I'm not a fan of um, but I like the new weapons I like the new abilities you know the new raid has been fantastic um, and like no spoilers. Uh, uh, yeah like like Clint had mentioned um, the story mm, seems very same Zeta Forsaken um, but but I'm enjoying myself I'm enjoying playing so I am liking it with caveats so what about you okay I'll actually that that's actually relatively close to um, to where I am so I played Destiny like throughout the entire summer like I, I played well, pretty much since the uh, the pandemic started, like, you know, I started working from home, the gyms closed, all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, all of a sudden my like 40 minute commute no longer existed every day. So that's like an hour and a half of time that I got back in my life. So I played pretty solidly and Beyond Light, Season of the Hunt are very much the same so if you're if you're on the fence of like you're an older player trying to get back in or something like that and you're like oh should i get beyond light i mean if you liked destiny it's more destiny you know like it's just it's the same it's the same old same old um again credit where credit is due on everything the uh graphics are amazing the um the raid is really good again no spoilers but <clears throat> Um, like the raid is is really good. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's the stuff that Bungie does well every time, you know. And so while I'm enjoying it, I also enjoyed like before Beyond Light, you know, like I enjoyed all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, if you like it, you'll probably like it. If you didn't like it before, you probably won't like it now. It's not like a whole lot of fundamental things changed. Um I mean, even with like aspects and all the ways they changed how you can spec out your guardian and things like that, it's really pretty minor. The actual real changes. Um, I mean, like, like, like for for me, if the one thing that would I feel improve my gameplay is if I could do bounties without having to go to the tower. I can turn them in. But I have to go to the tower to pick them up. And every time I have to go to the tower, you know, if I forget, oh, I gotta go back to the tower. If they would let me get bounties from anywhere, I think that would help the whole process a little for me. So this is this is what I'll say about the bounty system and my biggest gripe with the bounty system. If I could do bounties without competing against the people in my fire team, I'd be so much happier. Like when there's like go out and kill 10,000 hive or whatever and I load into a strike that's going to have like 200 total and then I'm competing with two other people to get those kills. That's that's stupid. I hate that. Um, Agreed. But again, yeah, that that is one thing that's been happening is my same buddy that has the bad Internet. Um, like, I guess I've been getting really lucky with the the Empire hunts, like all of the requirements to do them and and the varic sabotage missions like i get the one they you go to pick them up and it's like there's a random task 
and I get all the tasks that I can complete immediately, and he gets all the tasks that it takes forever to do. <laughs> like the Christocrine armor one where you've got to have four pieces of Christocrine. He wasn't keeping them, so he had to go get Christocrine armor to do like six different bounties or something. And that took literally an hour and a half last night to just grind to get the Christocrine armor because what else are we going to do? Like, I'm not going to go on without him, and we just had to go... Leave looking for high value targets all over the place what's that just leave me behind save yourself yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it certainly some of the bounties could be improved um i do enjoy how big europa is and how much lore related stuff there is in europa yeah. uh, i so, wish there was more but i'm greedy <laughs> yeah and, and again it's again bungie it is a beautiful area like it's absolutely beautiful between the weather the art direction or anything which is always spectacular and okay i hadn't thought about this before but now i'm actually going to say this so um i encourage you even if you're not going to run the raid like listen to the music from the raid like uh you know emiliano i don't know if you paid attention while you were in the raid or anything yeah the music in the raid is actually fantastic so really um yeah it's it's a fun raid it uh, and the music is spectacular. So if you're not the kind of person to grind out to get all the way up to light and uh, up to the power level and do the raid, still check out the music because it's it's pretty damn good. That's awesome. But I, I feel like Destiny music has always been really good. I mean, Forsaken had great music. You know, true. The, I, I just I've always liked Destiny music. But uh, yeah, I. I'm really sad for Marty O'Donnell's exit from Bungie. <laughs> I think that yeah. he had an unmistakable, powerful impact on the music. I want Mike Salvatore is, is the composer of the current Destiny music and has been since Vanilla Destiny 1. So um, props to him. It's It's really great. I do feel like it is less emotional. Um, and it has been, and it's just like, it, it matches what we're playing and what we're, we're on, what's on the screen. But in terms of like having a emotional, like revelatory impact on you that just like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm, I'm playing and I feel the emotions that are, that are supposed to be, you know, communicated on the screen, like all the characters. And it just, M Marty had a way of just like tying everything in and just, the biggest most expensive bow um that really hit home so i i, I like actually turned the first name basis with him <laughs> <laughs> everyone is i mean everyone when you say marty you know who i'm talking about but has has he done anything else since he left do you know he has he's done Gollum. he started his own studio yeah and he he did a vr psvr game um named Gollum, and uh hmm. I supported his Kickstarter and got an early release of the music, and it's really good. I just haven't played the game, so I don't have that much context. Um, but yeah, I will have to turn my music back on uh, because I I usually turn it off so that I can clip things in Crucible for you know a montage or a video or something like that. So yeah, I'll have to turn it back on and and play the raid. I, I plan to. I just wanted to wait for everyone to figure it out. Speaking of good. video game music, though, 
this is what I want to talk about today. So, um, in, I mean, we've, we've all played games for a long time. Uh, video game music has been one of those sleeper hits. I, I don't think, I think in terms of like traditionally recognized music genres, video game music has been the underdog. Um, definitely if you go talk to a music teacher, depending on, you know, how traditional they are, they will like scoff at you and be like, what are you talking about? That's, you know, it, anybody can make music. I'm sure it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> There's a whole lot of merit in video game music. And not only because video games are like such an amazing medium where you are not only seeing what's on the screen, but you are participating in it too. It's like, you know, it's you have such agency in a video game that you know any of the emotions. It, it, if a video game is done right, you are sharing the emotions with the characters in the story, uh, and you are putting yourself, you're empathizing with the characters way more intimately. So, like, video game music has that potential to like tie in um, those emotions with you know the auditory experience. Um, plus, I don't know. I, Video game music is one of those things where it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever been like, you went on a trip, like a vacation or something, and there was like a very distinct smell. And then you smell that years later and you're like, oh my gosh, all these memories are flowing back. Um, I think video game music does that for me, where it's like, I will not hear, you know, some music for a long time. And then suddenly I hear somebody humming it on YouTube or some, I hear someone puts the music on and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, I remember when I played that game. I remember what it felt like. I remember that big twist. Like I love that game. So can I, can I tangent off that real yeah. quick? Yeah. Yeah. So not only the music, but like the sound effects too, like the whole sound, everything about games. Soundscape. Um, to this day there's in Diablo one, which I realized came out in like 1993 or something ridiculous. Right. In Diablo one, there was a very specific st- sound that would happen when you would open a chest and it was booby trapped. And so as soon as you heard <laughs> that sound, you had to like get away. And to this day, like I just heard when you said that, I heard that sound in my <laughs> mind and I got a little bit anxious because I, like, it's just one of those things that's ingrained to me. When you hear that sound, like run, it means danger. And so, yeah. yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And it's crazy how much video games have an effect on you and that like Mario even, you, know, you play Mario as a kid and like you hear the sound of the hitting the question block and you get the power up you want and it makes a little sound. And it's like you will always remember that sound and the feeling it was associated with it. Um, so, yeah, video game music is amazing. Uh, and one thing that's interesting that's happened to me a bunch in the, the last couple of years is I, I listen to a ton of music. I'm on Spotify. I use Pandora when it came out. Um, that was when I was in college and uh you know internet radio is a thing it's like some algorithm where it's like oh well based on this genre and all these tags it'll suggest music to you um uh, and I I've last couple of years I've been listening to some bands that just I don't know I guess they have done work in the video game music industry or they're very close and other people that listen to those bands also listen to video game music so I, as I was going through this internet radio, like I would have, you know, songs would sequentially happen and like it would start to creep into video game music. And 
it was music that I for a game that I've never played and never heard of and so like I I always like pull music that I really you know would really grooves with me and love I'll pull it into a playlist and it's like okay I'll save that because I really like that song and that happened for some games for me where I had never played the game and the music was just it blew me away and I was like oh my gosh what is this this gives me so many emotions like without the whole video game experience that I was just talking about and then I went and played the game so one of one of them that's like a perfect example uh, is ABZU which is a game that's about diving. I actually don't really know what, even after playing it, I don't really know exactly what the, uh, like the, what's the, what's the story sell. Um, but the, in the game, you are a diver and you're, you're going from place to place and all of these like psychedelic things start to happen. Like just, and they're not psychedelic, but they're like very vibrant. Like, you know, there's wild, like, fish and sea creatures and you you go from place to place in this underwater world and you experience you know pretty cool things and the music for that it's it's it was it's it's by austin wintery which i you know i'll talk about him a little bit more but uh it's it was like this full quiet like serene orchestral sound it's this full-bodied orchestra and it's accompanied by choir like you know very soft choir uh and it's just got this intense like feeling of wonder and exploration and beauty and it was just like it it kind of un like unrolls not like down a hill kind of way it's just like softly unrolling and building this feeling of just like everything is beautiful and like holy crap like when music does that to me it's like that's why i love music so i went and played the game and i didn't like it as much as the music um wait so you didn't like the game i mean i did i just i actually didn't finish it but like the feeling that the music gave me wasn't matched by the visuals in the game and it's one of those like you're swimming so it's not a walking simulator but it's like you go through and you go from place to place and you avoid certain threats but that's really all there is to the game which can you know they're kind of roller coaster rides uh rather than like a fully i'm i am the character kind of thing um but yeah it it was good it i would recommend go going and playing abzu but the music is the thing that really just blew me away and I still have it. Like, I still have it in, in playlists in Spotify. Um, yeah. So, so, so what I'm so, hearing is play the game, but don't listen to the music first because you'll be disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> you might you might actually <laughs> like it more than I did. I just, I would recommend playing it first. I mean, it sounds a lot like Death Stranding, the way you're describing it, which also had music that I enjoyed, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, Death Stranding has I've... has some really good ones. Death Stranding has actually less like they have a lot of like pop music or like sung music. They have songs, and, but they they the... have some orchestra stuff. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that more cuz I, I I feel like it blended in the background. Like that that world is so well crafted in terms of narrative 
that like that's that's really what I focused on or I guess was drawn to. Um, but I one of the moments in Death Stranding that's just beautiful is when you know you you get all packed up because you're a UPS man in post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> And you start just running across the field, the planes. And as you, like, the game will notice when you're in a, a spot that's, like, close to where you're going. And it'll just start, you know, it'll flip on the radio to, you know, Low Roar, the, the band that that collaborated with Kojima. And they, they have, like, it's, again, it's really chill, like, sad yeah. singing type of music. Uh, it's more like pop. Like not pop, but like contemporary music. Um, sad, but just, sad pop. Yeah, sad pop. <laughs> but, but like having you're you're feeling that you're this post-apocalyptic UPS man. There's you know there's no one out here right now because if they were, they would be in super danger. And you're just one guy carrying the world on his back, going to the next place, saving the world. Yeah. I like Death Stranding. But yeah, I was going to ask. I'm still not going to play it. Just <laughs> just letting both of y'all know I'm still not going to buy it. Well, maybe I'll I make a video that. so you can experience at least like what they were going for. But uh, it's yeah, what it's an experience. What video game music do you guys like? Uh, and, and, you know, is there any video game music that has really impacted you or or just stuck with you, you know? I don't know. I'm I'm gonna defer to uh, Emiliano on this one, and uh, on, as far as the music goes, well, I I feel like I need to pay attention more because I feel I'm I everything I do seems seems more on a superficial level. Like Clint, when you're talking about your experiences and how it brings back memories and stuff, I'm like man, that sounds amazing. So I need to start paying attention more. I think because um, I mean I love games and I like the music, but I feel like I haven't gotten that visceral. Uh, connection with an experience and sound um so i i, I don't know i mean um there's music that i like but I, I haven't gotten that experience and the way you described it i'm like man that's uh that's poetic and very beautiful so. <laughs> well i mean just liking the music is fine too it it's the kind of thing for me that music is such a big part of my life and and i guess just the the breathing of my life that you know when i inhale i'm listening to music when i exhale i'm listening to music and and i care about it a lot so um yeah i would recommend listening more because the 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 composers and the people that are designing the soundscape in the video games really do put a lot of care and extra like it's another level of quality that you should consider um and can dig into uh yeah yeah video games are so great <laughs> um but what, so, what uh, go ahead i was just gonna say emiliano what what video game music do you like um well um i think like the first maybe the first uh video game music that kind of i will take notice about was um Pokemon Red and Green for the Game Boy Color. Oh. Um, that MIDI intro, uh, I feel like really, um, like when it came on, I knew, you know, I, I knew right away what it was. Um, and then that led to the anime, which led to that awesome 
Gotta Catch Them All song. Yeah. But, um, that, that, like, I, I can still hear the, those MIDI sounds when I was playing, you know, like the, the MIDI roars, the MIDI, like, hits and stuff as you're playing the game. Yeah. Um, and I think the Game Boy Color was... I think that was the first game console I purchased on my own. Because, you know, before that, there was a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and my parents bought those. And, um, like, Red and Green was the first, like, game that I bought on yeah. my own, I guess. That was, like, in... 98 99 when i got it um and i think i was like in ohio at the time so um yeah pokemon red and green that that midi soundtrack those midi roars yeah uh, yeah that's great so no no you 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 have no music so likes uh not i guess not a whole lot in the way y'all are describing it. Definitely not in the way like Clint's describing it. Where like, oh, yeah, I no, listen to I mean, the soundtrack. Clint's on a whole it, it other level. I'm game. like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I really enjoy music. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, I, I really do uh, enjoy music. Um, but like, I can't say that I've ever just been listening to a song and been like, huh, I want to play this game now. Like, that's definitely not an experience that I've ever had. But um, if I'm going to talk about, I don't know, probably like a more impactful song or something like probably the first thing I thought of. Um, have y'all played Final Fantasy 15? Oh, yeah. No. OK, no. well, all right. So for anyone who has not played Final Fantasy 15 uh, and thinks they might, you, you should probably like skip to like, I don't know, five minutes from now because I'm about to throw some spoilers out there. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh Final Fantasy 15, there's this point at the end of the game where um okay, again, spoilers. The main character is about to die. He knows that he's about to die and he's willingly about to basically go sacrifice himself to save the world or whatever, right? <clears throat> I know it's like it's pretty cliché, but it's actually relatively well executed. And so during that, um there has like for the game like the title music there has been intro music that's kind of played over the title it's been this really simple uh melody that's just being played you know um kind of like in the i don't want to say genre but in the style of like kind of a midi tune like you were talking about um just real simple thing and just kind of looped this like 10 seconds or whatever so as you play through the game you get to the part where the guy is like telling his friends that, hey, I'm about to die. We're going to go fight the boss and I have to die. All of you are going to survive, but I'm going to die. And you hear the intro music kind of starting to play. You're like, okay, cool. Intro music, title music, no big deal. Um, And I didn't realize it at the time. It was actually a song I had already heard. It was a song I knew by Florence and the Machine. And it was the cover of Stand By Me. And I never realized yeah. that Florence and the Machine had written that song specifically for Final Fantasy 15. And so they intentionally put like the MIDI style music at the beginning. And so you've been hearing the end of the game the whole time while yeah. you're on the title screen. And so and it was. It was pretty impactful because one, I played by the time I got to the main boss, I had played like 50, 60 hours of this game. But I'd crammed that all into like a week and a half because there was about to be an update that came up that was going to change one of the chapters. And I was like, oh, I've got to finish the game before they update it and change it so I can experience the original version and go back and play it again, see which one I like better. Yeah. So I had crammed 60 hours of character development of like this like 
road trip story of these like buddies, like just going around being friends. And there's all this like interconnection and everything where they become deeper friends and they explore their relationships and all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, in a week and a half after I got to know all these people, it's like, Hey guys, I'm going to die. And now like stand by me by Florence and the machine. Like I'm scarred. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, Final Fantasy 15 was, I wish they ended it differently, but I get why they did. And I like understood that. And yeah, that, it could have been anything at that point, like Stand By Me or, you know, any other song. But yeah, that was huge. Um, man, that whole that whole game is just so well crafted. Like <laughs> there are, there are certainly parts. We could we could talk about that <laughs> for probably a podcast, but uh, Yeah, that, that's an entire well, show I, about I have how to play it Final first. Fantasy 15 failed me. I absolutely I mean even if you know, having Matt say what he did about the story, um, Emiliano, I 100% recommend you play Final Fantasy 15. But I feel like I've already played it hearing Matt talks. So. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. It's it's not about the destination. It's about yeah. the journey. <laughs> no, it's 100% the destination. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that, well, I guess... I don't know. It's in my head. I'm surprised that that you say that, Matt, about um, never having listened to music and saying, oh, I want to go play that game. Uh, that happens to me actually kind of a lot uh, just because of how, you know, the Spotify radio or, or Pandora or, you know, however long it's, it's happened a lot. Um, another game that happened to me with was Everybody's Gone to Rapture. I didn't know the name of the game for the longest time, but I listened to half the podcast or half the the soundtrack, uh, and it it's. I guess I. I have only come to realize that I like opera and choir music, more than I thought in the last couple years, maybe the last four or five years. Um. So this one is is a lot. It okay. So again, it's sad. The, there is a single female vocalist um, who just, it's it's like an Araya kind of situation. And, okay, so think, th- this is the vibes that it gave me was, everyone is dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had never played the game. Everyone is dead. You know, the song is almost celebrating the life of those who who had died. And... It it's uh like it it was a very like post apocalyptic feel again that and uh so a single vocalist like begins and is sort of singing this very somber single melody and then it sort of like I'm trying to remember the word. I can't remember. It like sort of goes down into um, the rest of a the cor- crescendo. No, it's not a crescendo. It's the one where it diminishes. A day crescendo. It, it do, yeah. <laughs> so her her melody diminishes, and then a choir, like a a men's choir, comes up, and there's you know probably twenty people in the choir, and they all start singing, and it's like this very 
like I I want to say pastoral. It's like think of cathedral, not like church music, like you know R and B or anything like that, or or even like monks singing or anything like that. It's it's like you could listen to it in a cathedral and it would be very like solemn and and like reverent. So like the whole song, you, you've got this post-apocalyptic, sad feeling, and then this reverence of of the choir coming in. Um, I I wish we could put in clips for the song because this one is just you gotta have to you gotta listen to it. Hmm. And if you don't like like choir music, maybe just give it a try. But it's um, Jessica Curry, and look up the everybody's gone to rapture. And I went and played the game, and actually, uh, I have some major criticisms of how they designed it, but it, it is a walking simulator, and it's about... What is it with you two? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's oh, a lot I played of this simulators. walking simulator. I played this swimming simulator. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I would not have played this game. I didn't even know about this game until I heard the music. But then you go in, and it's it's you start in this... Um, crap what's this observatory this astronomical observatory in the middle of rural England like London or uh, Great Britain so it's like think very like uh, out in the boonies but in in Great Britain is very English Um, there's little cottages you come down from the hill from the the uh, observatory and you hear you come across the there's no one there by the way so like everyone is gone and there's no no trace of human bodies like there's no like blood or anything and um you come across these like swirling lights like almost like spirits floating around the the town and you're like what's going on you you can interact with the spirits and they start playing back memories and it turns out that every spirit or every light swirling light is the memory or impression of a person that died and you go through and you find all of them and you you kind of learn about the people in this caught this village that you know slowly had this like basically alien thing happen and there was a quarantine and you hear like each of the characters and they're all very like traditional English people and there's there's a there's a a Catholic priest there you know father I forget his name but father something and you know there are people probably from the Church of England just saying yeah well I thought it well anyway (laughs) <laughs> I think it was Catholic, but I, I don't remember. It could have been. But, um, yeah, and you hear, you know, there's sometimes kids, there's sometimes, you know, there's, you know, young adults, and you hear the perspective of each of these types of people, and you go through basically the whole village, and, you know, there's, yeah, it, they, they, if, if you want to go play that game, just be patient, because the whole walking speed is extremely slow, like three times as slow as it should have been in the game. And I, I was about I, to say this game sounds like something I would play until you well, said that. Yeah. <laughs> you said that. 
So if you can get a mod or look up and find a mod for everybody's gone to Rapture to increase the walking speed, I would 100% recommend it. I think they were worried about people skipping the audio clips because that's like the main content of the game. Is, Wait, is so what's, listening what's to these. the... Uh... What what's like the viewpoint or what's the is it it's or the viewpoint person. is it like first person okay so yeah. it's it's and it's not it's like current graphics it's not like stylized yep. or it's not like okay okay yeah, I never uh, heard nope. of it yeah it huh. it is excellent and if you can get past the walking speed or you can find a mod I would hundred percent recommend it but the whole soundtrack is is like how I described it's like like very there's vocals there it's very feels it feels very reverent and sad and and like it is like i listen to that soundtrack probably two or three times a year minimum uh since i played that it was a couple years ago um but yeah it was another one where i just heard the music and i'm like this is so rich and such like such a well written music i have to go play the game and this one was a little better than abzu but um yeah, okay. I mean that. Go ahead. So, well, okay, I, I've I've got a question, and because, and this is just something I I just thought of a second ago. Um, other than gameplay, it's sounding like one of the things that draws you into games a lot is the uh, the soundstage, the music, all that sort of stuff. That seems like something like when you're looking at a new game or how you find new games seems a lot through music. Um, again. I have absolutely never experienced that. That is not something I have ever done. <laughs> and I, I believe Ronan said the same thing. So um, I guess my question for Emiliano here uh, is, yep. is there anything other than gameplay necessarily that has drawn you into a game before? Because like, this is not something I've ever really thought of before. Um, so uh, what do you think, Ronan? Is there anything other than gameplay that has really pulled you into a game? You know, I will say that back when I was a kid and I saw the trailer for Mortal Kombat with all the kids like and and that techno beat comes on and all the kids are start raising their fists and yelling Mortal <laughs> Kombat, that trailer made me play the game. And then a soundtrack came out later that was based off of that techno beat by the Immortals which is an excellent soundtrack. Johnny Cage's yes. soundtrack is, you know, Sub-Zero, Scorpion. Mm. But yeah, that I feel like that trailer was what got me into Mortal Kombat back then. Um, and I don't think there's been since a trailer that has just given me so much joy uh, as that Mortal Kombat trailer from back when it first came out with that, with that techno beat that just makes you want to dance and punch someone yeah. in the face. <laughs> so so for Polar anyone listening is trying to market to uh to Miliano, techno beats and uh moral combat is how you get them yeah. drawn in but man that mm. you know no, and, and was... i don't want to hum it just in case we get you know copyright but that that song did it you know ah uh, so good I know I know y'all can't see it, but like Ronan is busy like fist pumping and everything right now as he's talking <laughs> about this techno beat. So yeah, um, we'll have to find that commercial and link it out uh, on YouTube or something like that. Oh, such a good commercial. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, like Clint, you say you you say you enjoy like you know uh, powerful emotional music that has like depth and meaning. Have you ever listened to the Monster Hunter soundtrack? Because I'm telling you. <laughs> The themes for those monsters 
are so majestic and beautiful and just fills your soul. It's so good. I have not. I mean, he, he's he's not wrong though. Like the the soundtrack is pretty good. I'll have to check it out because yeah, it's and Monster. Hu- Sorry, I I gotta tell you again, Ronan, that the Monster Hunter <laughs> boss rush is just not my speed. <laughs> Having to like put in a bunch of effort like not engaging in the gameplay loop although i i guess it is the gameplay loop but like preparing and preparing and leveling and preparing and leveling up all your equipment and swords and stuff only just to to go fight a boss that you don't know how to do so you have to research it like that's like a huge barrier to entry for me and i guess it's my uh since there's no I, i guess the story is in the journey and for yeah. me, I'm like looking to to discover stories in the world, and like in characters. So like, you know, monster... someone once said it's not about the destination; it's about it's... the journey. <laughs> <laughs> and we could play that clip back. Um, <laughs> no, I guess it's it's harder for me to engage. You know, a story about you know a legendary monster isn't that engaging for me because it's like i can't i can't empathize with that monster like they're instinctual right and maybe i don't know if if, are the monsters intelligent anyway yes yes they definitely like beyond just like survival like do they have goals do they have ambitions Uh, yeah they do not that you would expect them to yeah, but it's it's just uh, like there's that gap for me to jump. Like, how do I? Like, what's what's the payoff? Like, kill the thing. I'm I'm just saying, listen to the music because yeah. it is no. I I absolutely I, I'm music. gonna have to. Yeah. So, sorry, I was I was like getting in sidetracked by like Monster Hunter and entertaining playing that again. But absolutely, I'll go listen to the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those that you like the music but won't like the game. Yeah, we know, but it's the music is, mm. and there's like so many themes throughout the years because there's been like, gosh, it came out in 2008, and like each game has had like its own you know themes and its own, uh, you know, uh, uh, music, and they they've all been from what I've heard, you know, great. Yeah, it's it's a a highly produced game, if you will. Uh, all, all of them are highly produced. Uh, the visuals are always really good for whatever platform they're on. Uh, the music is solid. Um, and actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Ronnie, because like realistically, yeah, the music is solid in Monster Hunter World, and the env- the environment like it goes really well with the environment, um, mm-hmm. like yeah. we were talking about earlier. So yeah, that Monster Hunter is a great example of good music in a in a good game. Good game. Cool. <laughs> take your word for it <laughs> no i've actually added I, i've saved the playlist for the, the original soundtrack for well Monster and and capcom recently released like a like a large portion of their catalog into spotify so they have yeah. not just monster hunter there they have a like a whole bunch of a back catalog of all their games now in spotify which is which is great um Devil May Cry has also had some nice rockin' music too, if you if you like that, um, and that's in there too. So, okay, Devil May Cry was one of those series that I couldn't quite get into, so I don't 
I haven't listened to the music much. Um, it's those hack and yes. slash adventure games. But um, it's not just that. It's like there's like that timing associated with it too. You know, like oh, does I, the music sync up in Devil May Cry with the the actions in the game? I feel like it does. Um, like it gets more excited. Like if you get lower health, it starts picking up. Oh. Or like if, uh, you know. Um, I love but that. But I, I don't think. But I don't think it like. Um, you, you know, I'm thinking of that game. The there's a new game with um, where you have to shoot on the beat. It's like a FPS, but it's all music based. It's almost like a Dance Dance Revolution, but you shoot on the beat instead of, instead of pushing a button on the instead you know instead of stepping on the beat you shoot on the beat and reload on the beat too. Yeah, uh, like um, not uh, like Crypt that. of the Necro Dancer. Kind of like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like like that. Yeah. Crypt, Crypt but, of the Necro anyway. Dancer for anyone that doesn't know is a game where you're looking at top down on this world and there are those square grids and you have a character you jump from square to square to the beat and all the enemies on the screen also jump on the beat whenever you jump uh actually no it's on the beat and so in order to actually like get to them and then defeat them you have to jump with the beat and so it's like you're always doing something to the beat and it feels really good so what what, what what's the fps called do you remember uh bullets per minute bpm bpm you should check it out you might like it yeah it's a good game you played it? Yes, I did. Okay, okay. I'm because, interested, but I don't have, I had, I don't have I a PC had, to run it. Yeah, I had, I had played Crypt of the Necrodancer, and I heard this, like, oh, this is the FPS version of Crypt of the Necrodancer. I was like, sure, I'll try it out. So, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I have always loved rhythmic games that where the music syncs up. I've actually started a side project to try and write a mobile game that like a top-down shooter like what, what are those called when you it's the arcade one where you've got like a plane or something and you're shooting up the screen a shmup a shmup yeah shoot them up yeah. shmups uh i wanted to build a shoot em up game in, for a mobile device where every time you move like the the obstacles and the enemies that come down were synced to the game and it depending on how intense the the song was the level would get more intense and so you'd be moving and chances are your you you every movement that you make is to the beat and so everything would sync up and i wanted it to be like this intense musical connection i unfortunately never took off on that <laughs> maybe i'll still work on it someday but uh no, well, now the idea is out there in the wild somebody else is going to steal it from you, you know, in a hurry. if someone wants to build a game that has those features exactly I'm not going to cry. I will actually pay for it. <laughs> well, there, there's there's the game called Beat Hazard on mobile. But it, it takes a song that you have on your phone and builds a level out of that song. Yeah. So, like, as a song plays... And it's more like Asteroids, where, like, you guys in the center. Uh, it doesn't move, though. But as a song plays, like, things kind of happen to the music. Like, enemies spawn or, like, obstacles show up. And it's yeah. all to the beat. Called beat. There's Beat Hazard 1 and Beat Hazard 2... I played one. I haven't played two yet, but I remember. I remember enjoying it, but it's been a while. Yeah, I think I've so played that. Okay. It, it's it kind of remind, remind me what you're talking about, but I would like to see your game too. Yeah. Well, maybe someday. 
Well, we are pretty far into this episode. We should probably wrap it up. Um, so you, you're going to sing us out? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, don't you want to be the very best that you can be? Oh, I messed up the song. <laughs> I want to be... Oh, don't you want to be the very best like no one ever was? Yes. There you go. Perfect. Gosh, darn it. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening to the Winning Sometimes show. Uh, we will be having more episodes like this, sort of just getting through some of the the topics that we love and are passionate about. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. We post our episodes there. Uh, we don't have any video yet. We might do something like that in the future. We also potentially will be doing Let's Plays on Twitch and posting those uh, on we YouTube. We will be. We will be, yes. And uh, we'll have a Twitter soon. We'll <laughs> we have a website, though. Yes, we have a website, winningsometimes.com, so go ahead and visit that if you'd like. If you have any feedback, you can right now email us at show at winningsometimes.com. Uh, just let us know how you feel about the podcast. If you have any feedback or, or anything you want to hear, you know, please let us know. We're, we're listening. So, All right. Hooray. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. You have a good night. Bye.